Hello, my name is David Wolfen and I'm being joined by Adrian Turton and we are hopefully going to lead you through some journeys of faith. If you would like to contact us, please do on email. That would be jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com or you can also contact us on Twitter at jofpodcast. Welcome to Journeys of Faith, um, episode 13, part two. Um, we have with us again this week, um, Elder Jarrell and Elder... Grell. Grell. My head just went yeah. total blank then. Um, <laughs> and we're going to carry on from the previous episode. Um, but before that, David, how are you doing? Not too bad at all. The back garden's finally finished. Um, nice Indian stone, nice and flat for mummy and daddy. So hopefully they don't come a cropper going up there. But my dad could fall over a crack in the pavement. So hopefully we, we should be all right. But yeah, everything's good. Good, good. Well, yourself? Good. Yeah. Struggling this week. It's kids back at school second week, just trying to figure out how to get back into my routine. But other than that, I'm good. I've just been potting around the house my heart bleeds for you yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definite so shall we uh jump into the episode because i think we yes left... the two gents are sat there chomping at the bit yeah because we left it on the last episode um where we just started talking about if i'm correct was it the um baptism of the dead where we sort of yeah. left it off and i think we, we we didn't quite get to the end of that so i think are we okay to start there or is there anything you'd like to say before that or add to that mm, i think i think that's a good place to start yeah. uh, i Definitely. think yeah just go from there and see where where everything hits off okay so as, as a quick um because there is going to be a week between the two episodes so I can ask you to baptise my grandmother because uh, mm -hmm. she has passed. Both my parents are still with us. So I could ask you to baptise my grandmother or grandfather into the church so that then, <clears throat> although my grandmother was a devout Christian anyway, um, she'd then kind of come over to your side of the street, as it were. And I think what I was struggling with was my grandmother's 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 and how far back does that go? Oh, and I'm still, I, I have to say, I'm just a little bit uncertain on how that one works because there's, statistically, there's as many people alive today on the planet as have actually died historically, which is a massive number of people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my ancestry obviously goes back worldwide. As, as you know, both of you guys have um, ancestors from all parts of the world. Yep. How I, I, I can't get my head round how you can baptise my lineage without me knowing who they are. Because cause I don't think you said that you could just do a kind of David's family backwards, you're done. Mm -hmm. well i guess so yeah so let's see there's a couple of questions in there the first one is about 
if you wanted me to baptize someone for the dead, um, then let's see. Yeah, how how did you word it? So if you wanted me to okay, if you if you do my if if you baptize my grandma, that's fine because I know who she is and I can give you permission for that. But if yeah. I said, well, okay, I'd like to meet all of my historical family when I go to one of the three heavens, three heavens, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The only way I can do that is to have you baptize them historically, but I can't do that unless I can give you all the family details. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so that's why genealogy super important that's why in our church we we strive to do a lot of that yeah a lot of that um work um obviously uh there's not a lot of time um to do all of that especially however many people eight billion nine billion however many people have died records have been lost people have been forgotten throughout history um romans probably kept the best records for the longest time if i'm correct however long before that, who knows? I would say um, in order for someone to be baptized for the dead, uh, records have to have been found for them so that they can be accurately kept both here on heaven and here on earth. As what Peter said, or Jesus says to Peter, what thou sealest on heaven or here on earth shall be sealed in heaven. Yeah, that's dogmatic law. I understand that. Yeah, um, and what we know and what, what we believe in is during the millennium, the thousand years where Christ will reign, a lot of that will be doing that work so that everybody will have that shot, the opportunity um, to accept or reject depending on, you know, what they want. Okay. And yeah. So does that kind of answer that question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it was a it, it was a leading question, so I do kind of apologise for it. But it was just you know I don't I can trace my family back to the 15th century, but at that mm-hmm. point my track stops. And if yeah. I, as I'm sure you do, have um, quite a zealot. No, I'll 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 take that back. You can have very strong believers in the church, and you'll just have people who enjoy going to your church. You've got the you've got the two kind of types, yeah. and depending on where you sit on that bench, will alter whether you want grandma and granddad or great 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 grandma and granddad. I would think. <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> to, get, to get into um. You know, those three degrees of glory that we talked about, celestial, terrestrial, yeah. celestial. Um, to keep all the commandments, we have to be baptized, as we, as we learned about in the Bible. So if somebody wants to reach the celestial kingdom, they have to keep that commandment. They have to be baptized one way or another. Um, to get into terrestrial... How, how long have your family been in the church? My family, let's see. So my dad... He's not a member. He's a Catholic. Okay. Uh, my mom's member. My grandparents, and I think my great grandparents on my on your mother's side. Mm-hmm. On my mother's side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and if this is getting a bit deep or personal, I'll I'll retract it. And you know that's fine. So when you die, mm-hmm. 
and your father's already passed, one assumes, because it would be awful for any uh, parent to outlive their children. Um, does that mean that you won't see your dad there? In, where could you clarify that? Wherever you end up. That's a good question. No, I'm not entirely sure. Sorry if you haven't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I have thought about that a lot because I love my dad. I want to see where my, my dad goes. Hopefully, he will accept an invitation to learn more about the church. Um, he's very chill, you know, but he's just kind of happy yeah. where he is. Um, what I can say is everybody will be happy where they end up. At that judgment day, the last day of judgment, um, uh, we'll have a perfect recollection of our life yeah and wherever wherever we end up really um we'll, we'll really want to go there because that's where we'll feel the most comfortable the most happiest there um whether that's with my dad that's up to him salvation is an individual matter of course yeah all i can do in okay. this life is to invite and pray Fair enough. Thank you for that. Answer your question, David? Yeah. Yes, I think it did. I think it did, yeah. Adrian? Yeah, I, and to be honest, this bit is, is the bit that's really got me more than anything, because I've been trying to read up on it, um, and I've just found it really interesting, because I have members of my family that have been members of the Mormon Church, um, and you know, I just, I just trying to figure out of, you know, it, we talked about baptism. So it, I'm baptized and let's, do, do, does that mean baptized within the church of Latter-day Saints or is that somebody who's baptized altogether? Okay. That is a good question. Yeah. yeah baptism essential. Um, what we what we stress about um, is that we're Christ's original church from two thousand years ago, with the same priesthood power and authority, uh, the Levitical priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood. Mm -hmm. And one example, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much. Right. So this means that we need that same authority that Jesus Christ had back in the day and how he was baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a, a Levitical priesthood, which mm -hmm. my companion kind of just um, touched on, touched upon. And that Levitical priesthood, John the Baptist was able to baptize other people. And we believe that we need that same priesthood today, that same authority to baptize. It can be a legitimate baptism and a baptism that will eventually help us be safe one day absolutely how i would explain it best um so back home in the states we'll use me for example back home in the states i i drew i've driven a lot uh, i used to do that for part of my job um and sometimes uh this is just me personally not a part of the church sometimes when i need to get somewhere fast i needed to speed a little bit <laughs> um, now let's say 
for example, um, I'm speeding on this motorway and an ice cream truck sees me speeding. And you know what? Pedal to the metal, the ice cream truck's after me. Uh, the, the ice cream song is playing. And the man <laughs> in the truck, you know, trying to pull me over. Yeah. Trying to pull me over. He's like, he's motioning me to come over. So I pull over. I'm like, what's the big deal? So he walks over, him and his little ice cream man hat. That's how I'm imagining it in my head. <laughs> little apron and everything. He's yeah, like, yeah. sir, you were speeding. Which is true. I was speeding. You know what? He caught me. He got me good. Um, sir, you're speeding. Uh, you need to pay a fine. Um, now, I, I ask this question to both of you. Do you think I would pay that fine? To the ice cream man. The man in the ice cream Yeah, house. in the ice cream truck. Nah, I wouldn't. <sighs> But that's, yeah. you know, that, that's just me. No, I don't think I would. It depends how much ice cream he offered me, to be honest. But no, I don't think I would. Okay. <laughs> why not? Why Why wouldn't you? And you would like me? Because he doesn't have any jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Yeah. 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 No authority. Yeah. And if you've seen the way I drive, I have been overtaken by ice cream. <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> what, what do yeah. you mean, how you drive? I think I drive faster than you, and I'm not slowly. a slow driver. No, I, I drive slowly. I, I don't do speed limits. <laughs> oh, my wife just chirped in then, and she oh, agreed. Okay, with yeah, me. you know, speed <laughs> limit is the maximum. Maximum. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, if it's fine. 60 miles, and if it's, uh, let's put it this way I've driven over to Doncaster today, um, and I haven't gone above 60. Wow. I'm saying nothing because <clears throat> I, I drive slow, but sometimes have a lead foot. <laughs> no. no, I just look at MPG, pure and simple. Oh, see, H I don't... Yeah, yeah I don't, you see, I do 80 yeah. miles to the gallon. That's how I do it. It's as simple as that. But the principle, I, yeah, 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 okay. The, the, the principle is that, no, only a fool would pay the ice cream man's fine. Yeah. We, we believe that... You know, the, the, the priesthood is important. It's God's authority. Um, and it's given to man to do his will on earth. Um, when Christ was alive, uh, the Levites, Levitical priesthood was alive. Um, Christ was baptized through that. And he was given power from God to usher in the, the covenant, the new covenant, the new testament, which brought in the, the fullness of the priesthood. With that, he was able to give the Holy Ghost. Um, before that, the Holy Ghost wasn't given to anybody. But Christ said, after I am gone, the Holy Ghost will be given to you. And he ordained his 12 apostles by the laying on of hands. Right? Confirming yeah. them. Yeah. Apostles. We believe with that same jurisdiction, that same authority, um, it has been restored to earth today through the prophet Joseph Smith, through heavenly messengers. Does that kind of answer that question a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. My second oh. one on, on <laughs> baptism, because I've got a few on baptism. Um, Fair enough. Obviously, in my tradition, it's traditional that you would be baptized as young as possible. You know, so I, in the Catholic tradition, it, it, back in the old days, it would literally be... Um, days after you was born because it was always seen that if if anything happened to the baby it couldn't be 
buried in the churchyard because he wasn't baptized yeah um, so where do you not not you personally but where does the church of latter-day saints stand on on the baptism is it because i have dif differing views on baptism i i think children should be baptized and that's the idea of confirmation because then they reconfirm their faith so in in your church when would you actually baptize someone would you baptize someone at like five or six or do they have to be older it's a good question we believe that the age of responsibility is eight that's when okay. they'll come to know what is good and evil that's all they will they'll come to know when we teach the lessons yeah. what they're actually um in for and that's the age we believe they will know whether or not to accept jesus christ as their savior and okay. to accept everything that comes with being a member of the church yeah just to add on to what other Jalo said, because that's true. Um, the one thing that every every man and woman is born with is free agency, the ability to choose. Yeah. Um, let's see. Baptism is for the remission of sins. And... As a child, as you're growing up, obviously you'll make mistakes. Um, but are you really accountable for those mistakes? Probably not, because you don't know, do you, at that sort of age? But, yeah, you, you know, you're still learning, aren't you? You're still learning that sense of what's right, what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a state of innocence. Yeah. As, as I would call it. A lot like um, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you know, they were, they were pretty innocent, you know, they didn't really know good from bad, because they never experienced it. They're learning, they're on their little journey. In the Book of Mormon, it does talk a little bit about baptisms. Because, um, yeah, uh, we baptize at the age of eight, where they start to become a little bit more accountable, a little bit more responsible, and they can kind of make decisions for themselves. And also understand what's being taught yeah and if they can accept it or not um near the end of the book of mormon this is it's an uh, it's an epistle from mormon the prophet who kind of put the book of mormon together and his son moroni who abridged it sealed it finished it laid it in for thousands of years until it was revealed again just a little background for you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's an epistle um, and it's saying, and if there's anybody who, who's reading the Book of Mormon online or whatever, it's in Moroni chapter 8, so it's the last book, page 525, and it's going to start just kind of like verse 10. We'll kind of go from there. It says, Behold, I say unto you, this thing shall ye teach, repentance and baptism unto those who are accountable and capable of committing sin. Yea, teach parents that they must repent and be baptized, and humble themselves as their little children, and they shall all be saved with their little children. And their little children need no repentance, neither baptism. Behold, baptism is unto repentance, to the fulfilling of the commandments, unto the remission of sins. But little children are alive in Christ, even from the foundation of the world. If not so, God is a partial God, 
and also a changeable God and a respecter of persons. For how many little children have died without baptism? Wherefore, if little children could not be saved without baptism, these must have gone to an endless hell. Behold, I say unto you that he that supposeth that little children need baptism is in the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity. And so, right there, it talks just a little bit about it. Um, in the Bible, it says, oh, it's Christ, and he's talking about, um, he's talking about the little, the little children. Yeah. Out there yeah. in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Become and humble yourself like, yeah. A little child. You shall inherit the kingdom of God. God. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So that's what we believe doctrinally um, about baptism. Unto the remission of sins, repentance. Um, and through the grace of Christ, all little children under the age of eight or not accountable or responsible for themselves or their actions, they're saved through that grace of Christ. No, that's great. That's answered that one. Um, no, because that's also answered another question, which I'd only thought about as you were talking then, because obviously um, within, like, confirmation, you, you, you receive your first Holy Communion, and, and, and I have issues that I think, some people get left, maybe get left out a lot longer than they should because they may have mental illnesses. That means that they they can't agree or disagree. Um, and from what you've just said, they would automatically, if if I've, if I've understood you right, would gain the rights to go to one of the three heavens. That is, that is correct, yeah. Whereas, and I like that aspect of that yeah. everyone's going. This one might get you. Um, my dad's former Mormon, and I do yeah. know some other family members who have practiced, I'm, I'm saying Mormon because that's how they talk about it. Obviously, I've been using Church of Latter-day Saints because I know that's what you prefer. Um, and obviously they've left the church for whatever reason. Now, where do they stand? Because I've, would you see that as they've turned their back on the church? Or would you see that as, um, would they have to sort of rejoin the church and be re-baptized or, you know what I mean? You know what, what, I'm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. In the time of Joseph Smith, um, this is some history background. There was a few men who um, got visitations or even got to see the gold plates and they, they left the church and um, even after doing that, they, they could still not deny that the church was true, but they just didn't feel like it was for them. Yeah. And um, it really goes to show that it doesn't matter what, what kind of member you are, how long you've been in the church, there's always people who are just going to feel like it's not for them or maybe they, they have a problem or they have some doubts and they leave the church for that reason but that doesn't mean that us as members of the church we see them any less than the active members we have in the church we still love and care for each one of them and we still try and help them in any way we can absolutely yeah just a scripture as well because 
the best doctrine you can get. You know, it doesn't come from us. We're only 19, yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah. Best doctrine comes from the scriptures itself. The scriptures speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, also comes from the Book of Mormon. Just because I love this. It's kind of, um, this is a guiding guidance for me. And I'll touch about what you said. Um, so we'll just go right into it. And then, uh, so it's like after baptism, after you receive the Holy Ghost, unto the fulfilling of the promise which ye have made, that if you've entered in the by the way, you should receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after you've gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask, Paul is done. Behold, I say unto you, nay, for ye have not come this far, save that by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward, having a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and the love of God, and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the words of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Now, we, we know, as we've been taught, you know, repentance is key, enduring to the end. Um, baptism is wonderful to the remission of sins. You're clean, you're washed away. It's a symbolic rebirth. Yeah. like a resurrection yeah, yeah. um but we still make mistakes afterwards and that's fine that's all a part of the plan but what we need to do and what's been counseled by our current prophet president nelson russell nelson um is that repentance is a daily action a daily thing that we need to do yeah um even yeah. as members of the church if people leave the church you know, we're not going to shun them. We're not going to turn them away. Um, on every plaque, on every one of our church buildings, you'll see visitors are welcome. Yeah. Friends are welcome. All are welcome. Whether you've been a member and you haven't come to church in, for example, 40 years, whether you persecuted the church, for example, like Saul or Paul, um, Whatever you've done, Christ's invitation is to come and see, come and help, and come and stay. Um, we invite everybody to keep all the commandments of the Lord. We know they are essential. And, I, and I'll repeat, essential to live with God again. Not to get into heaven, but to live with God again. That might seem like an oxymoron. But hopefully, as we explained it last time, um, three heavens does not mean that, you know, if you don't keep all the commandments, you can't get into any of them. Yeah. But it's for everybody yeah. who's, ex yeah. who's accepted or not. <laughs> I think, that I think yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, when you talk about apostasy, mm -hmm. um, depending on which religion you look at, their outlook of apostasy is um dramatically different um i mean the anglican version is they'll stop giving you cake um no no you can't take that biscuit that's, <laughs> yeah you have a piece you have a biscuit but you can't have any cake anymore if you don't believe in christ mm -hmm. um and and it goes right up to one religion that i can think of that actually says you should be stoned you know, so then you get people who 
stay or say that they're staying with the religion pure and simply because of fear. And I can't support any religion that you don't have a choice in. Because fear doesn't create faith. No. Perfect, love creates perfect faith. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Yes. Mm -hmm. no, I hope definitely. you don't mind me sharing a personal experience I have with a friend who's um, also a member of the church. Um, he once came to me and he was like, he said, he called my name and said, I have a lot of doubts. There's a lot of things I've read online. There's a lot of things I've come across. And I'm not sure if when you go to your mission, you come back, I'll still be a member of the church. And I'm not sure if, um, I don't know, he was just really confused. He just had a lot of doubts and he wasn't sure if I'll still be his friend at the end of the day. And I said, it's okay. Um, I understand. And I'm not doing this just because you're my best friend and I love you. But I'm doing this because I feel it's right. I'll, I'll support you to the ends of the earth. It doesn't matter whether you accept the message or not, whether you go on a mission or not. It doesn't matter whether you still want to come to church or not. I'll still be there for you and help you along the way. And that's something I've seen in the Book of Mormon as I've come on my mission as well. There's loads of times, sorry if this is a spoiler for those who are interested in reading the Book of Mormon, <laughs> but you'll see a lot of the times the Nephites who are seen as the righteous people, they dissent and they break away and they create their own group, their own religion, their own faith. But the Nephites, the, the righteous Nephites who are still left, they try their best to get them back, those dissenters, which is called in the Book of Mormon. It's a big theme and it's touched me because I've had a personal experience of that as well. And I know that as, as, as myself, excluding myself as a member of the church, I, I know as I try to be helpful to others in a loving way because of themselves, but not because of their membership to the church, whatever the religion they have, I know that I'm trying my best to be like Christ. Mm. I know that I'm trying my best to be a Christian. And I know I'm trying my best to, to be better by helping them to come and join us, you know, to strengthen their faith and just be their friend, just be there for them. And I think that's something the Book of Mormon um, has, has a lot of, but it's not very spoken of a lot of the times. But it's something that touches me a lot, how the love of the Nephites, they love everyone. They want everyone to have this opportunity to choose. And even if they descend, if they, if they make that choice to not be there anymore, they still love them nonetheless. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus himself saw everybody as part of his right. family. Yeah. And he never turned anybody away. In fact, um, I can't think which part it is, but I know that there's a section in the Bible where... Um, a woman touches his robe and yeah. is cured when she touches his robe. And one of the one of the um, twelve says, "Do not touch." And he goes, "Ah, uh -uh, no, we're wrong here. Bring her to me because it's her faith in my father that has yeah. cured her." Yeah. And but even I mean, Jesus himself, when he came back from um, when when he was resurrected. It could have gone, to, realistically, it could have gone two ways. He did what he did, and he was still kind, he was still friendly, and he was still welcoming, although he did appear to people as somebody else. 
in some cases before he showed himself as he was. But he could have gone Old Testament <laughs> in that situation as well and done a lot of smiting. So, you know, uh, even at that point, and, and the, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you said, the fact that just because somebody turns the back on you doesn't mean you shouldn't still be there yeah. for them. It's, it's exactly like the parable that Christ taught. Um, if you have a fold of 99 sheep, right? Yeah. And one wa- or 100 sheep and one wanders away, won't you leave the 99 and go after the one? Yeah. It says that clearly in Luke. Uh, we're here yeah. to minister, to be the shepherds on earth, to love and support Christ's children, everyone. We're here to love and support and guide them. Um, whether they want to come back or not, it's their choice, it's their opportunity, but the hands will always be stretched forth. I'm, I love a story. I am a sucker for stories. Let me tell you, there is a story I heard, and it's after World War II, the bombing, and it's in, I believe, Germany. There's a town in Germany. It's not a very rich town. It's a very, um, it's a very historic town. Beautiful buildings, beautiful cathedrals, and in that town, there is a statue of Christ with his hands outstretched, and. During the bombings, a lot of these buildings and structures and statues were destroyed. Um, the town people came together and they wanted to see what they could rebuild. Um, and eventually they got to the Statue of Christ. Now, there are skilled craftsmen and this craftsman said, we can repair everything about that statue the best we can, except for the hands. We can replace it with new hands if you'd like. And the people gathered together, you know, they talked, I'm assuming as a council. Um, And they counseled together and they said, no, repair everything else, but leave the hands. So Christ, the Christ statue at this point has no hands. Instead, the statue is rebuilt. I believe today it says at the bottom on a plaque, it says, you are my hands. And I think that is very profound. Hmm. it is though isn't it because that that's what we are here all of us no matter where what faith we come from we're here to serve each other and help each other in not just times of need but that's when most people seem to want to help less people seem to want to help you when you might just need someone you're not desperate in need but you might just need that someone to touch and reach out to you. And I think that's one of the things I'm having major struggles in my personal faith and have been for over two years, David, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. You know, and I have major struggles because of the things we're supposed to believe and the things we're supposed to do. But, not many people seem to believe that anymore and not many people want to do that anymore. It's a conversation I constantly have with my dad um, about um, another organization. 
where where we're there to help each other and support each other and that's the foundation of 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 the the organization but everyone's out for themselves it's not about supporting each other or helping each other anymore one second adrian just a point here um the elders know about that anyway because a lot of what they do in their temple is based on that group that you're talking about okay <laughs> well in masonic circles or freemasonry circles <laughs> i just didn't want to say it out loud because there's another black it is mark what it is I have the there's, another, there's another black mark against my name david thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i'll carry the white ball it's fine don't worry <laughs> i i joined masonry in 2008 um back in devon and i joined it because i was encouraged that it was an organization that was about brotherly love relief and truth and yes and to be a core element of people now in devon where i was that seemed to be how it was and i moved back up north and nowadays it just seems to be about where can i go how high can i get who do i need to know what do i need to, who do i need to impress and it's not about the core beliefs of brotherly love, relief, and truth. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think. Support. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't say for much for uh, Freemasonry because I don't actually really know too much about it. What I can say um, about the current circumstances, you know, that's so true. When we're in the service of our fellow beings, we are only in the service of our God. In the Book of Mormon. Um, what Elder Jalo was talking about earlier, you know, all these dissenters. Yeah. A lot of it came from pride. Yeah. Pride is a very universal sin. Everybody struggles with it at one point or another. Um, our purpose, I feel like one of them, yeah, hold on, this, there's another scripture. Uh, <laughs> if, as, you, as, you, as you listen to me more, you'll learn that I just, I'll probably have a scripture for everything. Yeah, but that's. My words alone, my words alone aren't going to cut it. <laughs> um, but pride, I would say, is the natural man. You know, carnal, yeah. just inept instincts, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Um, kill or be killed, dog eat dog world, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Old yeah. lot. Yeah, proper old wrath and. Yeah. You know, trying to get <laughs> to the Old Testament to me. Yeah. Top of everything. Yeah. yeah. Pride. Um, God is trying to break down those barriers. He has been from the beginning of time, always. In the Old Testament, um, the Israelites, they struggled a lot with pride. They thought they knew better than God. They thought they knew better than each other, in each other's tribes. Um, as I read the, the Bible, the whole thing, it's a lot of pride. Yeah. The same with the Book of Mormon. That's Satan's playbook. That's how he really gets to us. In Mosiah, it's a verse or chapter three, verse nineteen. And then you can talk about it after. Yeah. I'll read it. It says, "For the natural man is an enemy to God, right? An enemy to God. It has been from the fall of Adam, and will be forever and ever, unless, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit." And putteth off the natural man, and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord, and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, 
full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Yeah, just sum it up. The message it's trying to say is we're not perfect at the end of the day. We always have some pride here and there. As we, we strive to be true followers of Christ and apply those those things, those attributes that he had, we can succumb, we can um, get over that natural man and become better people. And that's the whole message that um, Jesus Christ is engraved in our in the scriptures. Love wins over pride. There's a really good quote, um, which I can't recite right now, because um, my memory's not very good, but it's by an apostle that we have called Dieter F. Wuchdorf. He gave a talk about how pride is the weapon of Satan, how he works with us to steer us up and get us to do bad things, and how love is how God counters it, how we have that charity for other people, how we care about others, how we humble ourselves enough to put ourselves in their shoes and really, really care for them. All those, all those attributes really link up really well with charity, the pure love of Christ. And I love how God uses love, not hate and other things that he could have been using to fight it back against Satan. This is love. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans, we're imperfect. But with God's love and Jesus Christ as an example, we can overcome the natural man that it says in the scriptures. Yes. No, it is. It's, it's, that's one of the things I've found in my bits of research um, and from knowing people who've been involved with the Church of Latter-day Saints is, is it's very much a case of there's an offer of help there if you need it, you know, um, and it's not conditional. You know, even if you know and you've been to visit someone and you know they're never going to join your church, because they're happy in their faith, but they've 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 started that dialogue, um, and it happened with one of my relatives, and they helped to decorate a house, and they helped to do lots of different things, and she helped them as well. So she wasn't just getting, but you know she gave back as well. But she was never going to become part of the church because it didn't. I hope she offered cookies. I, I don't know what she offered, but uh, you know she. And for me, I, I just think that that's what faith's about. Yeah. Be all yeah. end all. I don't care yes. where you are. I don't care whether you're yes. a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, whatever. That that's what faith's about. Yeah. It, it's about. But isn't that what the journeys of faith is about as well? Yeah. I mean, you're and, literally saying what what this yeah, whole what, podcast what, is about. And the fact that we do want to see where the similarities are we know every religion has its differences and it's the differences that start the fights start the wars and starts the genocide but it's also the difference if you take oh sorry oh. no you carry on no i was literally just going to say that you know if, if you take the differences out of it and what then is left from a christian point of view let's just look at that one because that's the easiest one that we can, we can all discuss christ is at the core that's right yeah everything else is irrelevant at that level christ and god and the love of christ for each and every person that we know and love and the ones that we don't know and the ones that we don't love yeah. absolutely
that's what we need to hold on to. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite authors back home, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, love the mathematician, is mathematician. <laughs> what? Pardon? The mathematician. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just winding you up. He was a he was a very powerful mathematician as well as a quite a good writer. Yeah. I I just love his writing style. I just it fits with me. But um, his he said in one of his quotes, "Love is never wasted, for it's never valued upon reciprocity." I can't say that word. I'm sorry. Don't worry. Yeah, but I hope I hope that kind of made sense. You know, it's never wasted. The value doesn't diminish just whether somebody reciprocates it or not. Thank you. Yeah. This is why we have reciprocation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Me, 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 and Adrian have the same. Yeah. We, we, we finish off each other's words as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually because I can't get them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually stuck going. I'm trying to say something, and <laughs> they cut straight to the core. That's me and Ola Jalo. That's how many. Exactly yeah. I'm, I am quite succinct. It has to be said. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I'm just like sorry it's coming it's come to that point where we're going to have to say goodbye for now um and i've absolutely loved the three episodes we've done so far um and and i really appreciate you taking so much time um because obviously you've not just been talking to us whilst we're doing the podcast, you know, we've been talking through WhatsApp, emails, text messages, and, and I've absolutely loved the conversation. And at the minute, it's really helped me a little bit with my journey and where I am and helping me think of where I need to move forward. And, and, and I'm going to be quite clear now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be joining the Church of Latter-day Saints. I'm really sorry. But I am really interested to know more about the Church of Latter-day Saints and I hope that maybe in the new year, um, even if you're not in Manchester or you're on another mission in somewhere, somewhere else, even if it's somewhere in a different country, I'd love to come back and talk to you again about some more stuff as we've got some more guests, if you'd be willing and interested. Yeah, yeah of course. And we're never offended when someone exercises their agency. It doesn't matter whether they choose or not to join. We're just happy to be able to share what we love and what we yeah. believe in the truth. Yeah. And I, I hope that what you have said and you know the questions that we've asked might help other people understand what you guys do and your view of Christianity. Because ultimately that's what they say is. It's just a slightly different view. I feel like a Bond villain all of a yeah. sudden. It's a slightly Mr. different view Bond. of, um, yeah, it's a slightly different view of Christianity. But like we said all the way through this, it's about the similarities, yeah. not about the differences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you want to just give us a text or a call whenever you would like to do another thing. Of course. Four questions about whatever it might be, um, while, while we've talked about a lot and explained a lot um, with the Bible and the Book of Mormon, um, there's so much more 
Yeah. And it's so much more beautiful. Yeah. Have you got a final reading for us? Because I know you have. <laughs> I do. Good. I'm Go glad. on, Elder Grell. Let's let's close it. Let's close it with you. Yeah. You know, actually, Elder Jalo and I, um, we have a lot of conversations, and today we we're talking just a little bit about kind of some things that we've studied. Um, some of our favorite scriptures that have kind of gotten us throughout our journey of faith, and has kind of strengthened us and, and helped us. Elder Jal, if you if you'd like to talk about your scripture real quick, and yeah, of course I can go to mine, kind of talk about why we're here and why we believe our journey of faith personally, individually. So my okay. scripture is in the Book of Mosiah, chapter twenty-eight, verse three. This talks about Amma the Younger. He was someone who persecuted the church for a long time, and um, it talks about. And the sons of Mosiah, who are his friends, and how they react when they go to serve missions. And it just says, Now they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yeah, even the very thoughts that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. So these sons of Mosiah, who were also friends with this Alma the Younger, who was persecuting the church. They were also persecuting the church as well, just, just for some context. Um, this, this scripture really touched me because they know what it's like to persecute a church. They know what it's like to, you know, not necessarily do the right things and break down people's faith. But they, they know that that is wrong. And they know that their testimony now, what they believe to be true, can help others as well in their journey. And I've seen that in my life. I'm not perfect. I've got a lot of imperfections. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I know that what I know now to be true and what I know has helped me can help others as well on their journey to, to find what the truth as well. Yeah. And that's why I'm a missionary. Yeah. And honestly, what he's talked about, I think just adds on to mine. And just talking about truth. Because I think we um, we compare truth to light, you know, if that makes sense. Um, just how yeah. truth can be revealing, can be insightful. It shows us a bigger and broader picture. Um, this is revelation directly from God, Jesus Christ. Uh, it says. And that which doth not edify is not of God and is darkness. That, that which is of God is light. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light. And that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. And again, verily I say unto you, I say it that ye may know the truth, that you may chase the darkness away from among you. If we want to know the light, we have to continue in it. That light will go brighter and brighter. As the sun rises on horizon, we today, we watched the sunrise, and it was beautiful. It was amazing. It's the first time I've ever done it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it grows brighter and brighter until 
perfect time of day. Yeah. Um, if we dwell in that light, if we continue in it, it will continue to grow. Um, if we shy away from it, we will only see darkness. But all we have to do is realign ourselves with God, to come unto him, be perfected in him, that we will see the light and the truth. And we can chase that darkness away. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Definite thank you, guys, again. And we hope that we will uh, speak to you and see you again soon. Um, David, have you got anything to add? No, I'm absolutely blown away. It's been, been, um, as my stepson says, it's been emotional okay well on that note for now i will say goodbye thank you bye thank you for joining us on journeys of faith we hope you've enjoyed yourself and we hope you're enjoying your time with us um if you have any feedback comments or would like to join us on an episode to share your story you can email us at jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. That's jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can find us on the internet at www.jofpodcast.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at jofpodcast. And if you have anything that you do want to share with us, whether that's a comment on how we can make the podcast better or how you're actually enjoying the podcast, please do contact us as we want to make this podcast work for the people who are listening and also make it better. So we need your help to do that. So from myself and David, thank you very much for joining us on this journey. So till next time, safe journey.